Welcome to the Pepperell Baptist Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to make disciples of the Lord Jesus among all ages and in all places. So take out your Bible and a pen, and let's jump into the Word together once again. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mike. <coughs> Appreciate that. So today, uh, tonight... Tonight we're beginning our uh, our study through the book of Hebrews. I said it's going to be quite lengthy and uh, excited about that, excited for the opportunity to do that. Uh, but tonight's really all about introducing this book to you. Uh, you may know Hebrews is a notoriously very difficult book to study. Uh, it's not an easy book to read. It's not an easy book to study, but uh, we're going to put our minds to it and we're going to plow through this week by week. And I'm excited to see all that God's going to do through our study. Uh, we'll be studying the book of Hebrews, 13 chapters long. And just to kind of introduce this book, I, I got another book. My, my father-in-law, I think, thought this was just a little bit ridiculous when I <laughs> showed him this. This book is called How to Read a Book. And uh, he, he thought I was jesting him a little bit. A book about how to read a book? Are you kidding me? And I didn't realize how poor of a reader I was, so I started reading this. Uh, but I just brought this so y'all knew I wasn't making it up. There really is a book about how to read a book. But one of the key points in that book is that if you're going to really get everything that you can get out of a book, the number one tool to improving your reading of a book is this, motivation. you got to really, really want to know what this book says to get anything out of it. How many times have you tried to read something and you feel like your mind's just glazed over and you just kind of go, and before you know it, you've thumbed through like 30 pages, but you couldn't tell me a single thing about what was on it. The antidote to that is that I'm motivated to know what this book says, what it has to say to me, how it relates to my life. And as Christians, I would say this, our fundamental belief of why we should want to know this is this is the Word of God. God has inspired this Word. He has given this to us as a rule of life to know Him, to know what to do with our lives, how to serve Him. As I preached a few Sundays ago, this is good food for the soul, green pastures for the soul. So we should be motivated, number one, as Christians to want to read this book. But that's really what my goal is tonight. I just want to motivate you to be absolutely committed to this study for the next year, or however long it takes us. This is not going to be an easy study. There's going to be days where it's tough. But I want you to be motivated to believe I'm getting something from this. And as I thought about introducing uh, this book, often when, when we introduce a new sermon series, sometimes you get to talking about a lot of information that people really just don't care about. Uh, like, uh, you probably are not that concerned about the three possibilities of authorship for the book of Hebrews, and I would submit this to you. It's really not going to impact how you read the book anyways. Uh, so I'm not going to waste time trying to defend an argument on that. But what I am going to do is give you some really important information up front that I do believe will help you understand this book with greater depth as the following weeks <laughs> unfold. Because there will be passages that we study that you have to just understand and know and, and get this information. And so I've got some important information to share with you up front. The first of that is the original audience. Who was Hebrews written to? Well, I believe it was written to Jewish Christians living in Rome. I've cited there, you'll see throughout this, there's some parentheses, 1324. That's at the end of Hebrews, almost at the very, very end. 
Uh, greetings to, to those from Italy. It kind of reads as this sense of people riding back home. Uh, we've left Rome. We've left Italy. So we're riding back to our brothers and sisters there. So I believe they were writing to Jewish Christians living in Rome in the early 60s under the rule of the Roman Emperor Nero. And I put in italics there for all kinds of reasons. Uh, crazy man. You want to talk about a crazy guy from history, he fits the bill. Uh, he was absolutely insane, which leads us to the occasion for this book. If we're writing to Jewish Christians living in Rome in the early 60s, then why were they writing it? What's the point of this letter? Well, the author of Hebrews, as we will see at numerous points in this study, believed that the congregation was in danger of turning away, of renouncing their commitment to Jesus and, this is important, a lot of people forget this, his church. Turning away from the Lord and turning away from any commitment to the church in favor of returning to Judaism, that Old Testament religion, to the temple, to all the sacrifices, uh, and everything that that brought with it. Turning to that for the hope of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. And you probably think, why in the world would they do that? If the author of Hebrews is concerned that this is happening, and he says, I'm writing this letter to stop this, we probably should understand well, what's motivating them? What's, what's causing this to be a real concern? I've got three, op, or three suggestions here that I think are all related. Uh, Nero, crazy man, right? Nero was actively persecuting Christians. Y'all ever heard the phrase, uh, uh, Nero fiddled while Rome burned? Uh, there, there is some historical merit to that. Uh, Nero was implicitly known as, as, uh, as, as possibly causing the great fire in Rome that burned a third of the city. Killed thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, burned businesses all the way to the ground. And he was known, he was, it, was, it's, it was him who most likely started this. And then he blamed it on this small religious group of people known as the way or Christians. They were an easy target. Nero blamed it on them. Nero was adamantly just all about persecuting the early church, the Christians, troubling them. I could tell you horrific stories from, from church history of things that Nero did to the early church. He was insane. He was actively persecuting Christians. So I think that's one reason that might have motivated that, this concern. The second is that Judaism was a legalized religion under Roman law. He could persecute the Christians but it wasn't as easy to persecute the Jews. Now, they, they were persecuted, don't get me wrong. But they were not persecuted for having a gathering. They were permitted under Roman law to actually get together. Christians couldn't do that under Roman law. And I think a third reason, too, is that they had grown up under Judaism. If I'm being persecuted, and if, if my roots are legal, right? Like, it's pretty easy to say, I'm going to return to my roots to get back to this. So I think that's what's probably motivating uh, this danger that the author of Hebrews is seeing. So what's the purpose then? If that's why he's writing to them, what's the point of it all? Well, it reads like really one long, and I mean long, sermon that makes the argument that Jesus is better than all. You'll hear me say that a, a thousand times over this next year. Jesus is better than all. 
He's a better revelation. He's a better revelation of, of who God is. He's the Son of God. He's the perfect revelation. He's a better rest. Canaan was really not so much restful, was it? But Jesus gives us a better rest. He's a better high priest with better access to God, a better intercession, praying on our behalf. He's got a better hope that He gives to us with a better covenant and a better inheritance. Listed all these things here. Jesus is better. The astoundingly message, clear message from Hebrews from start to finish is that Jesus is better. You hear me say it 100,000 times, and for good reason. You'll see it all throughout this book. So the purpose of Hebrews is to inform the reader of all the reasons for why Jesus is better and to persuade them, to persuade them, to convince them and us who lives in this messy, messy world, <laughs> to remind us to stay true to our commitment to Jesus to his church it's not just about information it's exhortation it's persuading he's pleading with them don't turn away from the Lord Jesus is better he's pleading with them to finish well so tonight is we continue to work through this, and, and here's where I want to try to motivate you. That's the background. I think that's going to be very important to you in the upcoming weeks and as we work through this. But what's the relevance to our lives? Why should you be motivated to be here week after week? It doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's 10 degrees outside, whatever's going on. I'm going to that weekly exposition of Hebrews because I need it. Like, how can you get that kind of motivation? Well, I've come up with five reasons here are really five outcomes of this study of Hebrews that I think and I hope will happen for you, me, and every individual in this room. I attempt to motivate you to soak in as much from this as you possibly can with these five reasons. And I'll note this, they're all consistent with the purpose and message of Hebrews that I just told you about. These are not just random, feel-good points. Like, I really believe in studying Hebrews verse by verse, these five outcomes can happen for you. It can happen for me, everybody in this room. The first, your knowledge of Jesus will deepen. And thus your devotion to Him will deepen as well. The first chapter of Hebrews, you talk about some high Christology, like some high, just really big pictures of Jesus. Just like a really clear picture of the awesomeness of Jesus, of how wonderful He is, of, of how He is superior to angels. We're going to talk about all those things. Your knowledge of who Jesus is, His identity as the Son of God. You're going to learn more about that. We'll see that our knowledge will deepen about that. And as it does, our devotion to Him will deepen as well. The better you know Him, I think this was the point the Hebrews author was making, the better you know Him, the more foolish it seems to abandon Him. The clearer I see Jesus, the less likely it is that I turn away from Him. The more beautiful that I see Jesus, the more deeply devoted I am to Him. It's important for me to understand all that I can about Jesus because I'm telling you, this world is messy, it's hard, and it's tough for Christians. 
It's going to challenge you at every step along the way. And if there is an anchor that will hold in your life, there's a reason this is number one on my list. If there's an anchor that will hold in your life, it is seeing a really clear picture of who Jesus is. And it doesn't matter what adversity comes into your life, be it cancer, be it tragedy, be it a car accident, who knows? Nothing will shake you if you have a clear, clear picture of Jesus. And I believe this book will deepen your knowledge of who Jesus is and will deepen your devotion to Him as an individual. Secondly, I believe your understanding of the story of Scripture will expand. I put this question primarily because I struggled with this question for a long time. Do you struggle to understand the connection and the purpose that the Old Testament has with the New Testament? Have you ever read the Old Testament and just get really, really frustrated before you get to the New Testament and kind of wonder, how's this all fit together? What's all these strange things in Leviticus got to do with the blood of Jesus? Well, we're going to talk about it. It's going to take several weeks, but we're going to unpack that. And I believe that in studying this book verse by verse, your understanding of the overall story of the Bible will deepen as well. You'll understand more clearly what God is doing, not just in the Old Testament, but what He has done supremely in the New Testament through His Son. The third thing I think that will happen, and I love this one because it's personal, you will be assured of the finished work of Christ. And thus your joy will be deepened. You know how many Christians that I have encountered in my short time of ministry, not just here, but in North Alabama as well, who I really feel like they live their life looking over their shoulder, afraid as if God's out to still get them. I'm just, I'm just not really sure. Like I, I get it what you're saying, preacher, but, but you don't understand how terrible I was. You don't understand what I did. You don't understand this. I tell you, a lot of teenagers I talk to over the years that I feel like spend their Christian life just looking over the shoulder. And here's the reality. God doesn't want you to live like that. God wants your head looking straight forward, working and serving the kingdom. And Hebrews is going to help turn your head from looking over your shoulder to looking ahead to the work that God has for us. And it's amazing to me. As I think about it, Hebrews calls us to be happy Christians. It really does. You will be a happier Christian if you hang in there with me through this study. You may doubt that at times, but trust me, if you hang in there with me, you will be a happier Christian when we get to the end of this year. I'm sure of it. The next, number four, you will be exhorted to finish the race well. Thus, you will run hard with whatever time you have remaining. And I, I got a passage here I just want to read to you. It's just foundational to how I think. There, Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. If there's really a summary verse of everything here. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Talk about a good summary. That's a good summary of what this book is all about. Finish well. 
Run hard with the remaining amount of time you have, whether it's 80 years or 10. It makes no difference. And I thought about this image. I remember when I was a kid running, uh, usually at football practice, and we were running, they called them gassers. I hated them, absolutely hated them. But we would race one another. It was just our boy-like nature. We just couldn't help it. Just had to race one another. And we'd be racing and running and running, and I wasn't always the best one in shape. But I'm going to tell you something. When we got close to that finish line, I didn't slow down. No, no, no. I ran harder. I put it in the fifth gear. Whatever ounce of energy I had, I saw the end was near, and I turned on the turbo jets. Not really. I'm not that fast. But, but you get what I mean. Like, I turned it on. And as I think about that, I think, man, in the Christian life, it's no different. As we get near the finish line, we ought to speed up. We ought to press into it. Push harder. Finish well. And I just got to tell you, brother and sister, another reason why I love doing Bible study, why I love Wednesday night, midweek, why I love corporate worship with the church on Sunday mornings, you need it. I need it. (laughs) Do you know how often I have been this close to wandering in the Christian life and a faithful brother or sister pull me aside and show me my error in the Word of God and call me back to faithfulness. Hebrews will do that for you. Hebrews won't let you wonder a whole lot. It'll call you back to running hard, running well, and finishing the race to which God has called you. I just want to... I thought about... I wrote this point in this afternoon because I had a conversation with a brother that was talking to me today and and he, he, he was asking me some questions, and he just kind of made this statement. He, he got kind of choked up on the other end of the phone. And uh, I, so I knew that, that something real was about to come out, and he said, I just want to finish well. <laughs> and I thought, praise God, what wisdom. I want to finish well. And I'm 30, and I hopefully got some time to go there, right? But like, I want to finish well. I want to run well. I need you to call me. I need to call you. We need to call each other. And as we come here week after week, I promise you, this great book of Hebrews will call you to run well and to finish well. And the last point, you will be encouraged by a glorious future. <laughs> hey, this world's messy. I get it. But, but I just got to tell you, as Christians, we got a great future ahead of us. We got a glorious inheritance that is awaiting us on the last side of breath this life. I don't care how messy life gets this side of heaven, I promise you, it will all fade away in the beauty of what is waiting on the other side. This is a glorious inheritance we're called to. And Hebrews will remind us of that over and over and over again. It might be messy around you. It probably is. But God has got a good, good, good work that He wants to do through you and through His church. And we get to be partakers of it. And Hebrews will help us to see that. And will add some color to that picture for us. So I hope that in all of this, that I have motivated you somewhat to be, maybe you're leaving it now and you go, you know what? 
That young boy, he's got some energy and, and I feel it. And you know what? I think I'm just excited about this. I hope that you are. I do. I want you to be excited. I'm excited. This is going to be a good year. And I just can't wait to see what all God does for this church and us as individuals. This is a good year. I'm excited about it and I hope that you are too. I hope I've motivated you to it. Just to give you a couple of points before we close in prayer. In closing, I would challenge you to write down one hope that you maybe it's not some maybe you've studied Hebrews on your own before and you say, I just I hope this happens. Write down some say, I hope this happens in my life over the next year through this study of this book that I'm encouraged in this very, very specific way, and hang on to it. And when we get to December of 2023, I'm going to ask you to pull that back out. I'm trusting you'll keep up with it for 52 weeks. It's a long time. Put it in your pocket. Pull it back out, and let's see how faithful God has been to this church. And I can't wait to hear about that. I'd encourage you also, I'll try to give you an update on a week-to-week basis. I'll be teaching through this passage next Wednesday so that you can have time to read through it on your own in the week before. And I promise you, you'll we'll have a much more fruitful time of Bible study if we all commit to doing that as well. So again, I'm glad you're here tonight. I love midweek for all kinds of reasons, and I hope you do as well, and I hope you're motivated to study this book with me. And uh, I look forward to the journey. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for our time together here tonight. What a joy it was, Lord, to, to, to talk about the needs of this church with one another, to to hear concerns that are on the hearts of our people. To hear a good brother pray for these needs of individuals and in, in the church. And Lord, what a wonderful privilege to challenge myself and these brothers and sisters to commit their next year of life to seeing this study through. God, I pray you would bless us in all kinds of ways. I pray our hearts would expand and would widen as much as our minds deepen through this study. Lord, whatever information we get in our head, I pray it would just pass right through to our hearts and affect us, Lord, that we would worship you with greater depth on a day-to-day basis. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to the calling you've called us to, to the race you've put before us. Help us to run well, to finish well, to serve your church and your kingdom well. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your grace. And we pray you would help us as we begin this journey together. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our sermon series of the Gospel of Mark on Sundays at 11 a.m., either at the church campus or on our Facebook live stream at Pepperell Baptist Church online. Have a great week. Blessings. Thank you.